preach from today is I want to talk about like how we as individual believers are going to are moving forward in our lives in a way where we're counteracting this kind of evil where literally the evil that's trying to advance is being pushed back and not being allowed to take more ground and more territory and inflict more tragedy and harm upon the people of our great land amen so let's do this open up your bibles today to romans chapter 6 and i'm going to read i don't know about the first 13 verses out of this and and so i want you to kind of bear with me as we read these and I'm going to read a little bit slow because this passage is, is, these passages are kind of like, there's so much packed in here that you almost have to break them down a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. But there's really four verses in particular that I want to pull out and, and expand upon today. But I just feel like reading these first 13 verses is important. And what Paul's doing is he's talking about this concept, okay, get this, it's called alive in Christ, alive in Christ. And he's, he's getting into this whole idea about what it means to, to obviously be uh, pulled out of our sins where we were dead in, in spiritually and to be made alive in Christ and what it means to live in Christ, okay? So starting out in chapter 6, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live or are living with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to indeed to, to, uh, to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Let me pray. Father, I just ask you in Jesus' name, God, to help me preach your word. Help me to just speak today. Uh, with your anointing and just help all of us to hear from you as you're so faithful to make sure we always do whenever we come here uh, every week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so alive in Christ. Now, first of all, we understand whenever the Bible talks about this because in the New Testament we see this phrase uh, reoccurring a lot of times, alive in Christ, alive in Christ, to live in Christ or to be living in Christ. And so we know 
that that the, the the bulk of that explanation or that revelation, if you will, is that God has breathed His Spirit into us, and we are born again. And so, to be living in Christ means that before we accepted Jesus, even though physically we were alive, spiritually we were dead. So that when God breathes his spirit into us, we are born again, and we are now living with certainty of eternal life in heaven with Jesus. And that's what it means to be made alive in Christ. But I want to ask you to think deeper on this today, because this is where I want to go with just the heart of the message this morning, is what does it mean to be alive in Christ? How does that look on a regular basis, day in and day out, in our lives? Because think about it. You could see a person that is alive physically, but we could all argue and say maybe that person is not really living, right? I mean, they don't, maybe there's, we, we know a lot of times it's very difficult watching loved ones that are suffering maybe in nursing homes or people that are on life support for extended periods of time. And we kind of look at that situation. We say, we know that they're alive, but at the same time, they're not really living, you know? And, and so whenever we are made alive in Christ, there is a living or an action or verb component to that that ought to be an outworking uh, in our lives outwardly of what's happened already on the inside with us. Are you with me? And so I remember when I was younger, I played hockey and I loved to, you know, I was very competitive. Um, and, and so when I started out, I wasn't really that great. I mean, I had to figure out how to play, you know, you get used to all of it. And as, as the years went on, I got a little better and a little better. And I always wanted to make the higher level team who who's played sports before. Right. And you try out, right. And you want to make the best team that you can. It's just the way it goes. Right. And so I, I remember, I forget about what age, maybe 12 or 13, about this point, I started getting a little better and I made what was called the A team at the time, the A team. It was the travel team. I mean, when I found out we had these tryouts, there's like three or four tryouts and they make cuts each time. I mean, it's intense, right? I mean, nowadays everybody gets a blue ribbon and stuff. I know, but it was, it was real back then, right? And, and so I'm just kidding if you, you know, like that stuff. So, um, so we had these tryouts and it's like the group got a little smaller, got a little smaller. And then after the last tryout, you know, you get the word if you made the cut or not, made the team. And I was jacked, man. I was on the A team, the traveling team. I was a defenseman and I was, I was just so excited, but it was, it was, it was a short lived experience actually making the team for me. You know, once you're on the team, then it was like, okay, now what's next? Because for me, I wasn't happy if I was going to just be riding the bench. Like, I didn't want to just be on the bench and not in the game. So at that point, once we started the season, we started practicing. Like, I wanted to be the starting defenseman. I wanted to be on the first line that was on the ice when the puck dropped in the beginning of the first period, right? I wanted to be on the power play team. I mean, I wanted to be all, I was like, I just constantly, I wanted to drop, be, I was competitive and I was driven. And for me, I wasn't happy just because I made the team. But some people were happy just making the team. It was like for some, that in itself was enough of a victory. Okay, now I can just coast and cruise. I made the A team, like I feel great about it. But that just wasn't me. You know, in life, we, we get this awesome thing that happens when we give our lives to Jesus, don't we? We get to know with certainty that we're gonna be in heaven. We got eternal life with God one day. But listen, when we receive that, 
we have a call. We have a mission from that point on while we're still here on this earth to get after it, baby, and get in and play and want to be on the power play team and want to be in the game and be the best that we can be and, and, and contribute and make a difference to the outcome of the game. The people that are riding the bench that never get in and play, yeah, they're on the team, but they're not affecting the outcome of the game necessarily with their contribution. Are you with me? And I just, this is a tough thing to think about. And, and, and these, this is one of those messages maybe just challenges all of us. But it is possible, I've seen, where it is possible for people to love the Lord, to receive Jesus, and they just, they kind of get into this mode where it's like, forgive the terminology of the, the comparison. I don't mean to make light of this, but they made the team. And so now it's okay to kind of ride the bench, you know, but we got to get in the game. We all have to play a part and be moving forward with our callings and our destinies. This is the answer, guys. This is the opposition for the evil that we see happening today in our land. It's not somewhere out there we hope somebody does something or implements some policy that changes something and turns it around. It's sitting right here today in these chairs. All of us who have Jesus in us carry with us the ability and the power to change this world, to change this thing. And if we're sitting back on the bench not grasping that we play a part and we need to get on the offense and get in the game, then the enemy's going to just keep on taking more ground away. Are you with me? So take a look at this. Oh, man. Ask yourself this question. What kind of a threat am I right now to the devil? What kind of a threat am I to the devil? Because if you already made the team, he can't cut you from the team. But he sure hopes that he can keep you on the bench. He's sure hoping that you're never going to actually put your feet on the field of play. And if that happens where God's people are, are out there on the bench, not in the game, he knows, oh, baby, I've got a lot of victories that I can get out there. And I got a lot of things that I can start doing because the, the God's people are not in the game and taking an opposition against me. So what kind of a threat am I to the devil? So take a look here in verse 8. He says something interesting. He says that when we are made to be alive, that we live with him, or we are alive with him. So it's interesting because when you study this out, basically, guys, that means like we're side by side. We're like joined at the hip. Like the Holy Spirit, once he's in you, he never leaves you nor forsakes you, right? Like he's never separated from you. We don't necessarily, we're not always aware of that. Unfortunately, we need to be, but he's never away from us. So he's always there. He's side by side. So as we are living and we're moving forward in our life, we're, we're with him. We're, we're teamed up. We're joined with God right next to us, the Holy Spirit, and moving and walking in this ability to have this power. Now, how many people have you ever taken a long car ride with somebody that just talks a lot? Like, you know, you're like, oh boy, stop it. No, don't you worry. I've gone, we're about two points down from having some fun. Ha <laughs> ha. That's good. So, no, I, okay. Yeah, whatever. Ha ha ha. Get your laughs. Okay. Yes, I do talk a lot. Okay. But I'm just telling you right now, and my family can testify to this. If you think I talk a lot, you ought to see my brother, Josh. Okay. 
And we go fishing together sometimes, and we meet up early in the morning, 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, you know, to get out before the sun hits. And we, a lot of times, will have an hour or a couple-hour drive. And I just know, like, I'm energetic. I have to have two or three cups of coffee slammed before I get in the car with him at the commuter lot. I'm like, dear Lord, have you, how long have you been up? Whew, you know? So, uh, <laughs> but listen, when you, when you get with someone and you're side by side with them, if they're a talker, if they're energetic, man, you better get along. You better get on with the show, right? You better get on board with the picture. And if you're not, it's just going to be like, it's just going to be frustrating to you. And I'm just trying to paint a picture here. It's like the Holy Spirit is, is, is joined with us. We're living with him, right, is what we're talking about here. And I believe that he's sitting there come, being like, come on, man, get in the game. Get in the game. Did you see this person over here hurting? I wanted you to talk to him. Oh, my gosh, this person is, could use a little bit of giving. This person could use a little bit of encouragement. Oh, my gosh, this thing's trying to come against you, and you feel like you're defeated. No, you're not defeated. right? I feel like the Holy Spirit's at our side, and he's just like, man, come on, get in the game. Let's go. Let's get this thing happening. He carries with him, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, carries with him a powerful ministry. So if we're moving along side by side with him, why wouldn't we carry a powerful ministry with us too? Right? We're joined with him, the Bible tells us. Have you ever had like one of those new cars or a new toy or something that you get and it's got all those like fancy bells and whistles, right? All the little gizmos and gadgets and you get it. It's this really cool new thing. But man, you've got all this time. It's like, who hates reading the owner's manuals, right? But not, I mean, you're just like, oh, can I YouTube that? And you do, you YouTube it, and usually that helps a little bit. But uh, you never really have a full understanding of it. I don't know about you, but the one that frustrates me the most, like, this is simple, but the, the, the seat memory thing. I can't stand that. I don't know about you, but like I get in and I don't know what Katie does to that thing. I think she's just tormenting me because I, I get in, I start the car, I'm like, you know, I'm like, what is going on? I'm trying to press the buttons and it's just moving me around. I just want it to stay where it is. I don't, but anyway, you get these new things and they got all these fancy gizmos and gadgets. But if you can't figure them out and if you can't use them, then all you really have is this very expensive thing with a whole lot of untapped potential. Hallelujah. We are bought at a very expensive price, but we have an enormous amount of, we have a lot of bells and whistles to us. There's all kinds of promises. There's all kinds of things that we get as a part of this eternal life. If born again, it comes with gifts. It comes with favor. It comes with authority. It comes with power. It comes with all these kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but a lot of us are just, we're in this very expensive thing that we've got, and we're not even utilizing all the potential that it came with. Oh, think about that for just a second. Now, he talks about being alive in Christ. Alive. Not just alive spiritually, but alive in the sense that we are living actively and outwardly with that power that's in us inwardly. Okay? Now, have you ever been hooked up to one of those vitals machines that, like, read your vitals, right, where it tells you, what well, it tells you all kinds of stuff, like blood pressure, heart rate, temperature. It reads, right, what else? Oxygen levels. Like, I mean, you could sit out. Like, we all are alive right here physically in the room. We hook up to a machine, and this little thing is going to actually kind of measure just how lively, let's say, we really are. 
And it's going to be all a variation of everything across the board. Now, who would agree? We all want to be as lively and living as we possibly can, right? Want to be the heart rate good, want the cholesterol, want the, want the blood pressure, want the oxygen, want the temperature, all that to read right in the sweet spot, baby, so that we know, yes, we got a healthy report. We're strong and we've, we're, we're, we're not just alive, but we're living with vitality and with energy. Now, let me ask you this. Oh, gosh. Okay, I will. <laughs> if you were hooked up to a spiritual vitals machine, what would the, what would the readings be? Oh, what would the readings say? If you got hooked up to God right now today, and he big screen right in front of you, and it said, here's where your faith is, here's where your generosity is, here's where your giving is, here's where the fruits of the Spirit are, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, this is where they measure, what would it look like? Would we be considered to be in a spiritual coma? I don't know. I would hope, I would pray for the sake of what the world needs today that we would all be measuring off the charts as spiritually healthy, strong, living and active in our lives the way we ought to be. And that's what Paul's talking about, guys. He's saying, listen, you be alive in Christ. He's, there's a deeper thing. It's not just born again. That's the, that's the foundation of it. But there's a fullness to that definition, to that explanation. There's a full outflowing of that. That means an active living life of power that expresses, that reflects, and that is evident of exactly what just happened on the inside of you. To be alive in Christ. Now, some people just need to be revived, hit with the paddles a little bit, right? So we were jogging the other day, Katie and I. Oh yeah, going there. So we're jogging. We're just doing a, you know, two and a half mile run. Stop it. So we're doing this jog. It's hot, right? I mean, it's in the afternoon. And so we're jogging and, uh, and I just, I mean, I get in my mode, you know, and I'm just cruising along, listening to my tunes, jamming out. And, uh, and then I just look back and I don't see her. And I'm like, oh, really blowing her away, you know? So I'm really getting some speed going. So anyway, we get all the way back to the house and we finish up. And she comes in like, I don't know, several minutes behind me, you know? And uh, so when she comes in and when she gets done, like, actually, this is no joke. Like she starts, like she's about ready to pass out. She pushed herself literally to the edge. Now, I guess I will say, yes, she was not feeling well that day. She hadn't really eaten much. She was a little famished. Um, and, and she's competitive, man. I mean, you know, I'm not worried about this kind of stuff. But she was, like, pushing herself. So she gets done, and she literally is, like, ready to pass out. And, and so she, she's like, oh, I got to I gotta sit. She sits down kind of on her knee. I put my hand on her chest, you know, and I'm feeling her vitals. I'm feeling her kind of feeling her heart rate. And finally, I just start praying, you know, and Jesus, you're okay. You know, be, be calm. And, and so eventually she was fine. But she had to be revived, right? I mean, she was going down. Her vitals were plummeting. And, and I had to bring her back. And so the, that was a stretch. I know, but it's a good story. It sort of fits. Um, and, and, but you know what's cool is the next time we ran, she beat me. But 
here's the thing. Like, I was worried about her, so I hung back a little bit. It's true. It's true. I hung back, and I, I let her get ahead so I could keep an eye on her the whole time. And, uh, and I made sure that she was... There's a lesson for sacrifice here, folks. That's not where I'm going today, but pick up on that, okay? And then... Whenever I, and she, she told me afterwards, she's like, I think I really broke through. Like, I think I really pushed myself to a point I hadn't before. And even though, you know, I almost died, it wasn't cool. But I, I, I feel like I really broke through. And uh, so I, and there's a lesson in encouragement there. You know, I really was encouraging her in her thing. So anyway, the point is, is that, you know, all of us, no matter where we are, guys, I don't care where you sit today. I don't care if you're young, if you're old. I don't care if you feel like you've been kind of spiritually quiet and silent for a long time or you're living with power right now. Each and every one of us have the ability in Christ to immediately be game changers in our world, to immediately start making a difference. You don't graduate to a place where you are capable of this. You're capable and qualified now because he who lives in you is fully qualified and capable. There's no flaws or limitations to him ever at any given moment at any given time. And that's who lives in you. Yes, we have to grow in our walk of, with the Lord and our faith. But what I'm getting at is wherever you sit right now, you ought to be making a difference in the world around you through the power that lives within you. Amen. Now, he says here in verse 4, he says, walk in newness of life. Newness of life. It's not oldness of life, right? It means that you have something new that you didn't have before once Christ comes to live on the inside of you. You have a power and an authority and a strength that you didn't possess that, was, that makes you capable of changing things and doing things in the world that you are incapable of doing before that change occurred. This is the newness of life. This is the power that comes and the strength and the authority and all the promises and the favor and the blessings that come along with that. And what Paul's saying is, don't, don't be caught walking in the oldness of life. Like you're alive now in Christ, but you need to be walking in the newness of that life. Walking meaning moving forward, not sitting on the bench, right? You ought to be walking in the newness, not sitting in the oldness once you've been made alive in Christ. And you ought to be living actively and outwardly that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm going, my heart today is like, this is what we need. This is what the world needs. If the church would rise up and be effective and on the offensive in our land, loving people with the love of Christ and doing, expressing our giftedness and our talents and abilities and all the things God's called us to, I'm telling you, evil will take it on the chin. It will, it'll be knocking him back at every moment he tries to progress. Who is it? I think it was Edmund Burke said, the only thing that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing, right? If the church, if the people of God are moving and doing something with the authority that they've been given, you ain't going to find the enemy raising his head up in too many places too often. And when he does, he's going to be getting squashed right back down. Because there's a power and an authority that Christ already died for us to have that we ought to be, that ought to be evident in our lives on a daily basis. Now listen to this. This is my last point. Man. I want to reread verse 13, but I want to reread it in the Amplified Bible. 
it says. Uh, to me, this is huge. Huge. It says, do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive were raised from the dead to a new life. And here it is. And your members, which is all of your abilities, sanctified and set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. Now, instruments. Our members are instruments. This is this just grabbed me so much. Our members, he says, and you can see from the Amplified, is it's like it's all of who you are. It's all of your abilities. It's all of your talents. It, 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 it's your intellectual gifts. It's your physical gifts. It, it, it's your positioning in your life. It's it's the resources in your hand. It's it's kind of like everything that's at your disposal, right? Your members. He says that allow them to be used as instruments for righteousness. Now, instruments, we think of maybe surgical instruments. We think of maybe musical instruments. I've kind of always read over that and never really dug into that word instruments until recently. And do you know what that word actually means in the Greek? It doesn't mean surgical instruments and it doesn't mean musical instruments. Oh, it means weapons that are used to wage war instruments that are used specifically to win battles whoa how powerful is that that our uh, everything about who we are our calling our destiny everything that's that god put in us it's not meant to serve us and it's not meant to sit idle on the bench. It's all meant, every bit of it, every one of us here meant and intended to be used as a weapon that's taking it right to the enemy and waging war with him. He's waging war on us. We've got to have a counteroffense to come back at him with. And if all of the people in the church, all of the members of the church are being used as instruments, meaning we are weapons for war, baby, can you imagine the assault that would be taking place on the things that the enemy is trying to bring to our nation right now? Hallelujah. Instruments. Let me ask you a question. Ask yourself this. Am I a weapon in God's hands? Is my life, my talents, my abilities, my calling, my, my positioning in life, my relationships, everywhere I am, does it, does it look like I'm on the bench or am I in the game and it looks a whole lot like I am a weapon that's being used for God and I'm taking it back to the enemy when he's trying to take it to us. Because if we just sit back and don't do anything, and my, my great concern is that the church would be in this place where we would look around and we say, oh, I hope it's the next president. He's hopefully going to fix it. Oh, I hope it's I hope it's this policy or this law or I hope it's that one, you know, organization that's maybe got a lot of traction right now on the media. 
If, if we're sitting back and hoping the answer, guys, is somewhere out there and not recognizing that it's actually right here the whole time, then we're in trouble as a people. We've got to recognize that the solution, that the answer, that the countermeasure for all the evil that's rising up in our land needs to be met, not from something distant outside of us, but from the power that's right there in you right now. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me today. How much damage are you doing to the enemy right now? Right? Oh, that challenges me. But let me tell you something. We've got to just recognize and realize this. All the time. That it's, it's only by us being joined to Christ that this is possible for us apart from him we have nothing of power to offer the world there's nothing that we have that's transformational in our natural abilities but when you attach every part of who we are our abilities our gifts and our talents and you attach that you join that with Christ you all of a sudden have the single answer for a lost and hurting and dying world. And that's the transformational love of Jesus. It changes everything. It changes everything. I don't know all the answers and I don't have all of the solutions. And I sometimes don't even have the words to say. My wife would argue with that. But, but it, I know that it's in Christ, his working through me, his power in me, igniting all the things that he's created me with to do that ultimately is going to help me allow me to do my part as the member that I am and the role that I play in this body of Christ and building his kingdom. See, a lot of times people will get this partial revelation, right? Where it's like, yes, I love Jesus and he saved me and he forgave me of my sins. And that's the biggest thing, okay? Eternal life. But it, there's, a, there's a fullness to the revelation, which is that part where you're a kingdom builder too. You know, you're a warrior for God. You're supposed to be a weapon in his hands. When he whew, breathes his Holy Spirit into you, hallelujah, he wants to pick you up and use you as a weapon right then and there from that day on. Will you allow yourself to be used? Will you be a weapon in God's hands?